0: Last week, an erroneous comparison between flu and coronavirus deaths was repeated by several national newspapers, magazines and broadcasters, including by Dan Wootton on Talk Radio. In the week to the end of July, five times more people died of influenza than COVID-19 in the UK. But this is actually a misunderstanding of figures from the Office for National Statistics, which show the number of deaths where influenza or pneumonia, not just flu, was mentioned on the death certificate compared to those which mentioned COVID-19. This doesn't mean they were listed as the underlying cause of death. And so it's misleading to say that these are cases where people necessarily died of the disease or were killed by the disease. Although detailed data on recent deaths is not available, there are almost certainly fewer deaths where flu is identified as the underlying cause compared to COVID-19, but more if you group flu and pneumonia together. Now, with most schools in England, Wales and Northern Ireland set to reopen next week, we've reviewed what we know so far about coronavirus transmissions in schools. During the nationwide lockdown earlier this year, it was largely only the children of key workers who attended schools, and so because not many children have attended schools since the pandemic began, the evidence is incomplete. However, what we do have suggests that schools probably don't play a major role in spreading the virus, although some risk does exist. Infections in schools are likely, and while the evidence suggests the number of infectants will mostly be relatively low, some significant clusters of infection have been linked to schools around the world. Adults in the school setting like teachers and parents risk both catching and passing on the virus and older children seem to be linked to infections more than younger children. The overall risks are likely to be higher when the virus is already spreading more generally in the area around the school. And finally, Labour MP Zara Sultana claimed on Twitter that the super-rich and large corporations dodge £90 billion in tax every year, while people seeking asylum have to live on just £37.75 per week. This is a two-part claim, so let's look at the bit about tax first. There are a number of very different estimates of the tax gap, and the £90 billion figure Ms Sultana has used is based on an unofficial estimate that is much higher than HMRC's official figure. The estimate also doesn't just cover tax dodging by the super-rich and big corporations, but the entire tax gap, which is the difference between how much tax the government should theoretically be getting versus what it actually gets. As for the claim about asylum seekers, that's a bit more straightforward. It is true that people seeking asylum and who are homeless or unable to buy food typically receive £37.75 per week, in addition to housing and most utilities, which are provided at no cost. That's all from us this week. I'll be back with more of the same next Friday morning.